This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Hi, welcome to Health Check. I'm Joyce Teo, a senior health correspondent with The Straits Times. More details of the new national preventive care strategy known as Healthier SG have emerged in a white paper that the Ministry of Health, or MOH for short, has submitted to Parliament on September 21st. It will be debated in Parliament next month and expected to be launched in the second half of 2023. Healthier SG is a major transformation of Singapore's healthcare system and it's aimed at keeping us healthy for as long as possible. With me here today to talk about how this strategy can help keep us healthy is Associate Professor Jeremy Lim, the Director of the Leadership Institute for Global Health Transformation at the NUS Sosui Hawk School of Public Health. Hi Prof Lim, welcome to Health Check. Hello, thank you very much for having me on. So a key issue in Singapore is that the cost of drugs for chronic conditions are higher at the GPs than at the polyclinics, right? So what MOH will do is to introduce drug subsidies at the GPs under Healthier SG. So judging from this and other details that have come out in the white paper on Healthier SG, how confident are you that Healthier SG will get off to a good start? I think before we jump into the question, I want to emphasize that Healthier SG is probably the most significant changes to the health system since independence. And I say this very carefully because what Healthier SG is fundamentally trying to achieve, it is a resetting of the health system. While we have always described ourselves as having a healthcare system, what we actually have is a sick care system. And with Healthier SG, the incentives have been hopefully aligned between the provider, the hospitals, the doctors, and so on, and the patients towards incentivizing and promoting health rather than health care. Right? And if you ask patients, would they want a free bypass surgery? I think the answer is no, if they didn't need it. But because we have had six decades where we have emphasized reactive care, sick care rather than health promotion, rather than preventative medicine, it will take extraordinary efforts to reset the system on its right footing. And that's where the drug subsidies really fit in nicely. In the first part or the first initiatives under Healthier SG, it is absolutely essential that the family doctors enroll because if we don't have enough providers, then the 1 million Singapore residents over the age of 60 years old won't have enough family doctors to essentially sign up to. And for the residents, uh, inertia is the biggest enemy. Right? And the government, I think, has, has put together a, a pretty sensible suite of incentives or carrots to encourage residents to sign up, to enroll into Healthier SG. And I think that the drug subsidies will be one of the attractive ones. And particularly for the initiating cohort that will be enrolled into Healthier SG, this is a cohort that will be 60 years and above. And we're effectively in this age group talking about individuals who have at least one chronic condition, diabetes, high blood pressure, or hyperlipidemia. And therefore, the the drug subsidies to bring the pricing at the GPs closer to that of the of the polyclinics, it will represent real dollars saved. And hopefully that will be one of the incentives that will encourage Singapore residents to come on board. I see. But do we have enough GPs in Singapore for this? Well, uh, we do have enough GPs, but they have to sign up 
we probably have about 2,000 GP clinics. And these GP clinics would in the majority be single or would be dual or really two doctor practices. If half of them sign up, there'll be a thousand. And let's assume that they on average have got have got two doctors in each clinic. That means that we have 2,000 doctors to look after a million residents who are over the age of 60. And that means that, that on average will be 500 residents for each doctor. And this compares pretty comfortably with the ratios in other countries and particularly in small, compact Singapore where hospitals are within easy access and we can also embrace technology in much more profound ways. So will there be enough um, doctors in the future when more people come on board the programme? Well, the norms from other countries can range from one doctor to 2,500 to 5,000 patients. Or in the UK, they count based on, based on households or on really family units. So in terms of numbers, we are a little bit tight, but still manageable, right? And I think um, when we talk about wellness and healthier SG is fundamentally about the efforts to keep Singaporeans healthy before we come down with any disease, the intensity of the care required is going to be much less than if a patient has multiple chronic diseases, has been in hospital five times in the last 12 months. So it is an easier proposition, but we have to be clever about it. If it is still the single GP seeing patients in the clinic and, well, in between seeing patients face-to-face in the clinic, is sending out WhatsApp messages to the to his uh, residents to urge them to exercise, uh, to eat more healthily, then it is a fool's errand we are doomed to fail. But a doctor who is supported by a care team, as what's articulated in the white paper with a nurse, with an educator, perhaps with a couple of case managers and really care, and care coordinators, then it's not a one-person army looking after thousands of people, but it's a doctor supported by a care team and enabled by a lot of technology and the community partners that the white paper talks about. Right Then I think we have the raw ingredients to make this work very, very well. And it can be world-leading if we can execute this well. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. And now back to our podcast episode. Let's continue the conversation with my guest, Associate Professor Jeremy Lim, the Director of the Leadership Institute for Global Health Transformation at the NUS Sosui Hock School of Public Health. So are there things that um, you know, residents should watch out for you know, to make sure that this program works uh, better for them? I was hoping that the ministry would look at quality metrics, but perhaps it's too early in the first year with so many moving parts. And I think that the average resident should not just enroll with a GP and have a care plan developed, but also make full use of this care plan. And if there are community resources, uh, walking clubs, um, and all of these, you really have to participate in them and take the opportunity to gain access to all the free health screenings, the free vaccinations. And if the resident can do all of these and have a very participative and ongoing relationship with the doctor and with the doctor's care team. And I note here, this need not be in person. This can be done digitally through one of the two apps that the Ministry of Health had really articulated would be the front doors to the to the Healthier SG setup. Mm-hmm. Then I think um, 
yes, uh, it would be a very good use of the residents' uh, time to then enroll and benefit maximally. Right, that's Health Hub and Healthy 3... And, and Healthy 365. Right. Yes. So if when somebody joins this program, the onus is actually on them, right? I mean, the doctors can be calling you all the time to ask you to go for all the screening. So you, you also have to take charge and do something about it. I think, Joyce, the right analogy is to picture a, a person rolling a cylinder up a slope. Right? The individual will have to push. But society, the GP and the care team can help to lower the gradient of this slope and in effect make it easy to do the right thing. But you're absolutely right that the family doctor cannot walk for you. The family, the family doctor cannot take medicines for you. You as the individual will have to take some degree of ownership. But the system can certainly make it easy for you to do the right things. Right. So when you get on this program, you get free nationally recommended health screenings and vaccinations. And that would include, say, the usual, the flu jabs as well? Yep. COVID jabs. Okay. This is a living list. The ministry is constantly reviewing to decide what other things ought to be included. And remember that there are some other interventions that the ministry has also declared that the co-payment component in cash will be essentially lifted. And so there will be some interventions that can be fully paid out of Medisafe. So again, this is real money that stays within the residents' pockets. What's your advice for somebody who's still wondering whether to get on this program or not? Uh, let me speak bluntly. It's very rare for the government to give the citizen free money. This is free money. All right, this is very real free money to help individuals to live the healthiest lives that they can grab the money, particularly those who have a chronic disease and you have a long-standing relationship with your family doctor because the ministry has also said that it will have to ensure that there's a rational allocation of residents to family doctors. And the cap may be 500, 1,000 residents. But if you're above the cap, if you're the cap plus one, then very sorry, you'll have to go to someone else. And that, frankly, would be very, very bad. Uh, it would disrupt the long-standing doctor-patient relationship. So my, my advice to all those who are over 60, the vast majority of whom would have a chronic disease, this is one time to be kiasu, right? Once enrollment opens, Make sure that your doctor, whom you have a long-standing relationship with for high blood pressure, for diabetes, or whatever, is on the healthier SG roles and quickly sign up before it's too late. I think this is a very brave move by the health ministry and by the government because when we talk about keeping Singaporeans, keeping residents healthy, it's not a whole-of-government effort alone. It's a whole-of-society, including the individual. So. The, the execution of the operational rollout will be horrific, hugely complicated. It will make COVID look like a walk in the park. But credit to Minister Ong and to the entire cabinet that they look at the aging statistics and, and decide to bite the bullet today, no matter how operationally complex, no matter how messy it may be in the first couple of, of years, I hope we persevere because this is the right thing to do. We just have to focus on what the academics describe as shifting lifespan to health span. 
which really means that we don't just live long, but we live well. And with the science, with the methods that we know today, we can achieve that for the vast majority of all of us, but only if we're in a coordinated, integrated program. I think Singapore did pretty reasonably throughout the two and a half, almost three years of the COVID pandemic. And I hope we bring this this agile mindset, this nimbleness into the Healthier SG implementation for at least the first couple of years. Prof, thanks for your time today. Thank you for having me on. Well, that's a wrap for Health Check, a podcast series by The Straits Times. I'm Joyce Teo. Don't forget to share this podcast episode with your friends and family. If you'd like to read my articles, we have links in the podcast text description below. That was a podcast by The Straits Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O.